We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Today's lesson is the road to discovery. Like my new Toyota RAV4 Platinum. With the Entune Premium JBL Audio with integrated navigation and app suite, I'm always finding someplace new. Trust your heart and your feet will open a new way. Like my RAV4. It has a hands-free foot-activated power lift gate. Class dismissed. Anybody want to ride in my RAV4? Me! I mean, I humbly accept your offer. Well, come on. When you're driven by discovery, you find adventure. The 2017 RAV4 Platinum. Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to the Road to Wire NBA podcast. It is Wednesday, November 16th. Nick Whalen back with DJ Trainer. Uh, 11 games in the NBA on this Wednesday. Um, by the time you probably listen to this, those games will have started or might even be over if you're listening uh, on Thursday. But we'll talk a little bit about the games for tonight. We'll look ahead uh, to the games Thursday and this weekend as well. But the bulk of this podcast, we want to play a little bit of true or false. And true or my, what? True or false. <laughs> As my voice uh, gives out for like the thousandth time. You um, sound a lot better today than you did on Monday. Yeah, I've been battling. You know, I had a real tough bout of, you know, who knows what, just kind of a lack of sleep, I think. Um, 
I'm having a throat attack, I'm pretty sure. People uh, were waiting on the edge of their seats there. I'm having a real bout with throat attack. Yeah, well, I, I don't like going to the doctor or anything, and I, like, I don't want to actually get you know take medicine, things like that. That just seems a little extreme. So instead, I'm just going to cough a bunch and sneeze a bunch and have my voice go out um, You know while we're doing podcasts. So. We're going to play a little true or false, um, and the way we're going to go about this is, you know, we have some statements, and, you know, DJ's going to say a statement. I'm going to say whether I think that's true or whether it's false. The thing is, these are not concrete yes or no's. You know, there's no right or wrong answer. So it's not necessarily a traditional game of true or false if there is such a thing. Uh, but let's get right into it. So what's your first one? The Clippers are the best team in the NBA today. 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 Um, you know, I think they are. I think they are. I've I've watched quite a bit of the Cavs so far. I've watched quite a bit of the Warriors. I've watched a few Spurs games, and all those teams are obviously in the running for that title. Um, but the numbers say it's the Clippers. I mean, they've played just as well as those teams, if not better. They're killing – they're the number one team in terms of differential in the first three quarters of games, uh, and they're kind of middle of the pack to late in fourth quarters, mostly because – DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and Chris Paul aren't playing. Their bench, which I think I've gone on record as saying is the worst in the NBA, uh, has been one of the best in the NBA. Guys like Mo Spades, Austin Rivers, uh, playing really well. Uh, Luke Richard and Bob Mute has been, you know, kind of, he hasn't been, you know, dynamic as the kind of the fifth starter, but he's been exactly what you want on a team that has, you know, three, three and a half guys in that starting lineup who are major, major players. You know, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin obviously need the ball a ton. DeAndre Jordan doesn't need the ball, but, you know, he, he needs it, I guess, in his role of, you know, you know, rolling to the hoop, finishing dunks, grabbing rebounds. You don't have to dump it down to DeAndre Jordan, but, you know, he, he's more than just a filler piece. And, and J.J. Redick, I think, is kind of the perfect fourth complement to those three guys. Uh, and then you have Mbamute, who in some ways is kind of a, a Swiss Army knife, you know, Tony Allen type of guy where there's no expectation for him offensively, which can be good and bad, you know, if, if you need him, you know, for some reason, if, if there's an injury to one of their, the core guys, obviously you'd need to replace that offensive production. But right now with all these guys healthy and all these guys playing well, uh, Mbamute is kind of the perfect guy to complement them. So I think they are the best team in the NBA right now. I think in a couple months we'll realize that's the Warriors and it always was the Warriors, but right now I think it is the Clippers. So true. So true. All right. In other uh, words, true. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'll just quickly add on because you did a great job of, of saying true there. I mean, this team has been together. There's no surprises here. There's no feeling anything out. This team has so much experience together. That's more than you can say for the Warriors, of course. That's more than you can even say for the Spurs, believe it or not. Them trying to integrate Pau Gasol. Cavaliers, maybe not as much. That's another team that has quite a bit of experience together. But that goes a long way. Um, Things are going to level out, like you talk about, Nick, as the season goes along. But that statement, I agree. It's a true one. Now, real quick, uh, we've got quite a few of these, but we might as well talk about another one on my list here. Luke Mbamute will end the season with the league's best defensive rating. Now, right now, he has the league's best defensive rating. He has the second best offensive rating in the league. And of course, that means that he has the best net rating in the league. league. Yeah, exactly. So true or false, Mbamute will end the season with the league's best defensive rating. Uh, probably not true. I, I don't know. I mean, what are we at? Uh, 10 games in for the Clippers, uh, 11 games in. 
I mean, it, it, defensive, you know, these type of stats are obviously kind of skewed. You know, like, I don't think anybody's arguing that Luke Kamba Mute is the best defender in the league or the second best offensive player yeah. in the league. You know, it, it matters like when you're on the floor, we, you know, with whom you're on the floor. Um, to but, put this in context, Malcolm Delaney is number two in the league. Then you have DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, J.J. Redick rounding out the top five in the entire mm-hmm. league. So obviously team plays a big factor here. But like right. you said, Mbamute is a, a pretty good fifth starter on that team. If this Clippers team continues to be just as good as they are, even a notch below, not unreasonable to think he could be the best defensive rated player in the league. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it, like you said, it's a team thing, you know. So if he's on the floor with, you know, Chris Paul and Redick and Jordan, like all of those guys are going to be right up there at the top. Um, but but the fact that he has, you know, pulled ahead, I, I think does speak to the fact that he, he is a good individual defender. And I think everyone's always known that. It's just he's he's been on, like, weird teams. You know, he's been in these situations where he never quite fits in. You know, like I, I think he's kind of been written off because of his lack of offense in some spots. But but like I said, I think he's the perfect complement for these other four guys uh, in L.A. Uh, are we doing make it, take it here or what? You going to go two right away? Well, it didn't make sense to end the <laughs> podcast. Like, you only, only talk about Mbamute for, like, a certain block right, of time. And then it, 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 yeah, you, nobody's ever said that before. So, all right, over to you, um, Nick. All right, I, I don't think this is necessarily all that hot of a take, but I think it's a, it's a talking point at least. Kemba Walker is a top three point guard in the East. I'm going to say false. Okay, so the top three are? Top three are Kyrie Irving, John Wall, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay. I mean, if you're going to qualify, like as we have been, uh, Giannis is going to sneak in there uh, above Kemba Walker. And Kemba Walker gets pretty much no love across the nation last year. Uh, outside shot of making the All-Star game, didn't make it. This year thought we pro- he probably could get in because the game was in Charlotte. Now that it's moved to New Orleans, you know, he doesn't get that extra little hometown push that maybe he would have gotten otherwise. Um, I mean, another guy that you could honestly make an argument for, Kyle Lowry, could sneak ahead of Walker. So, I mean, you can throw all those guys up in the air and come down with a different top three, and I'm not going to fight you too much, but I'm going to say false on your initial true-false statement. Okay. I would say false, too. Um, I think, I mean, there's a case that he's he's outperformed, you know, Kyrie. You didn't mention Kyle Lowry uh, in your top three, and I kind of forgot about Giannis, honestly. I mean, him. You know, I think he qualifies, though, certainly as a point guard, and I think you kind of have to look at it as like, yeah, Kemba's probably played, you know, he's, he's probably a top three point guard like through 10 games this year. But if you were going to say, all right, you can pick X point guard for your team, I don't know if Kemba Walker's in that top three. You know, I, I think Wall's ahead of him. Like I said, Lowry would make would make that conversation. Certainly Giannis. Um, I mean, is, is John, Kemba? Yeah, John Wall obviously up there. Uh, I mean, another one, I guess, Reggie Jackson is somebody that comes to mind. Obviously, yeah. he's not the forefront uh, think, of this thought because he's hurt I, so far. But, I mean, I think he could be in discussions. I think, like, midway through last season, Kemba Walker was closer to the, you know, if you're talking Eastern Conference, I think he was closer to the Jeff Teagues, Reggie Jackson, Isaiah Thomas. Um, Isaiah Thomas. We forgot right, to mention sure. him, of course. Um, I mean, I guess if you want to throw Derek Rose there, I think he was closer to that tier than he was the – Kyrie Lowry tier I think now he's kind of he's kind of inching his way at least into the discussion as one of one of the top three or four point guards in the east 
uh, inching, 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 and he's going to reach his peak, and then he's going to inch back down the other right. side of the mountain, and then he's never going to get his due. That's Gor- the, well, that's the thing with Kemba. Like you watch Kyrie, and like even when he has a bad game, you can just see like there are certain plays every night where it's like, whoa, like this dude could be the best offensive point guard in the league on certain nights, and like there's a couple games in the playoffs where like there's just nothing you could do to stop him. Like I don't know that Kemba Walker necessarily has that ceiling. I think a lot of nights he has a higher floor than Kyrie does, and granted he's asked to do different things in the offense than, than Kyrie is playing with LeBron. Um, but I, I just don't know if he has that like top-end, top-end ability. Walker's also like blowing away his career averages yeah. so far. Um, I mean, he's up 26 points per game, five-and-a-half assists, right around four rebounds. He's playing three fewer minutes per game than he was last season, shooting 48% from three on seven attempts a game. Field goal percentage is up almost seven points. So... You know, I think I'd said right before the season, I thought maybe last year was that year that was a bit of an anomaly. He made this big leap. Like he's basically made another leap on top of what he did last season. Again, we're only an eighth of the way through the season. Um, but you know, if he keeps this up for another month or so, you know, then then I think Kemba Walker's probably an all star this season and I think he's firmly, firmly in that top three point guard discussion because of these numbers. No, I, I agree with you, but I need to see a little bit more. I mean, he doesn't. He wouldn't have ne- even needed that hometown push if this is what he's going to be for the remainder of the season. Biggest knock on him for me, um, for me just kind of casting him aside out of the top three discussion that we've had over the last couple of years is that field goal percentage. He's struggled over the majority of his career to shoot even above 40%, and that is just going to be a major knock on you until you can improve that. I mean, I don't expect him to continue shooting 49% from the field, but if he can keep it reasonable in that 45 to 46 or even a 44 which would be a career high for him um i'd be willing to more readily talk about him in these discussions uh, for sure another one we haven't even touched on who now uh, might be taking this title over away from kemba walker is the most undeserved or uh, least appreciated point guard in the east at least goran Dragic, solid year down in miami Jennings, but yes yeah <laughs> back of people, I mean, people forget that goran Dragic was a third team all nba yeah. player what three years ago Not i long. mean like, that's hard to do 13 all nba is a huge huge accomplishment uh, and when this guy is on uh, i think he's really good I, I don't i don't think there was ever any tension between Drogic and wade in miami you know in terms of like not getting along but i think their games didn't necessarily get along Dwayne wade's a tough guy to play with yeah just because he doesn't really space the floor or at least back then he didn't space the floor he needs the ball in his hands but he's not he's a very very good passer but he's not like somebody you'd really call like a great distributor like I think him and Drogic kind of clashed in terms of on-court strengths a lot, and now we're seeing, even though the, the Heat aren't winning, you know, there's not a ton of talent around him, and he's been injured. Um, you know, we're seeing kind of that that old Goran Drogic from a couple of years ago. Like, I think he's a guy that wants his own team. Like, he's not a guy who's good enough to be the number one option on a legit, you know, title-contending team by any means, but. I think he plays better when he's in control of a team. Yeah, right now, stats at least show that a little bit. Only two points more per game. In terms of every other category, he's right on par pretty much with what he's done. But you're right. Style of play uh, didn't quite match up up with Dwayne Wade. All right, on to my next one. We'd love to talk about him. If we can make it one podcast with not not debating about Anthony Davis, it'll be pretty good for us, Nick. But here we go, nonetheless. Anthony Davis will play more than 65 games this season. I'm going to I'm going to say true. I think he's he's off to a great start in that regard. Uh although I think as we record he's questionable to play tonight. Right. Um 
So we'll see what happens with there, a quad but. contusion, which is one of that's those injuries to me that's kind of like, uh, you know what? We're not going to win many games this season. There's no reason right. to overexert our best player we've had in the last that's, five years. That's the concern. It's, it's like the reverse LeBron theory where like the Cavs are cruising and they sit him out. You know, they're sitting him out tonight, for example, on the second night of a back to back. Like with Davis, they might they might do that because they're so far out of it that right. you start resting. Um yeah, I mean, I still, I will still say the over. I, I think he's kind of hovered around that total for a lot of his career, and you know, certainly he knows that durability has been his main issue. And it, it with Davis, you know, it's not like oh, he showed up out of shape and he strained a muscle or something like that. It's like just been these just weird freak things. You know, he, he takes a hit to the shoulder, he lands awkwardly on an ankle, things like that. Um, so, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's just been bad luck, and I hate chalking things up to luck when it comes to sports. But like with stuff like this, it's just kind of how it's been. That's fair. I. I far be it for me to judge an injury but like anytime you talk about like leg contusions which a contusion means a bruise in other words i i don't know just just curious just wondering just kind of like you've taken a knee to the thigh before that hurts yeah i know but uh, look i'm I'm just saying i'm just kind of planting a seed but i don't want to go too far with it i'm just saying okay do you know something that we don't know I know that contusion means bruise, and I've had some bruises, but maybe not as bad as an NBA player's bruises. Fair enough. On to, on to your next one. Okay, so on the last pod, we talked a lot about this, basically what turned out to be a fake Clay Thompson trade rumor. Uh, there seemed to be more concrete rumblings, uh, I guess, about DeMarcus Cousins. Nothing set in stone by any means. I mean, around this time, every season, we have this talk. Uh, but at some point, you know, the Kings either have to decide he's part of the future DeMarcus Cousins has to decide he wants to be a part of that future or they have to deal him because clearly things are not working out he's too good of a player to be stuck in this type of situation the Cleveland Cavaliers should be willing to give up Kevin Love if they could get DeMarcus Cousins this is a tough again one. I don't know the cap restraints on this I don't even know if Cleveland is allowed to do this per CBA luxury tax reasons all that I just want to in a vacuum basically the Cavaliers should be willing to blow up their title team with Kevin Love as a stretch four in the event that they could build a package around Love to get DeMarcus Cousins. This is so enticing. I'm literally going back and forth in my head, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say false because you got a champ you got the championship team. They did it with him, right? And now, as of right now, you could make the argument that this year's Warriors team is more volatile than last year's. Last year's team was more solidified than this year's team is. I mean, obviously that could change. Uh so why would you mess that up? The only thing that I'm going back and forth on is you constantly need to be improving just a little bit here, a little bit there. And obviously they're stacking themselves up against this Warriors team. They're one of the few teams in the NBA that can truly do that. Um, you know, they're better than almost everybody, but they need to be better than absolutely everybody in the league. And what's the weakness that we've seen so far with this Warriors? It's it's defending an interior scorer, adding somebody like DeMarcus Cousins, who in my eyes is the best interior scorer in the ho- entire league, would be quite the punch that they're packing, another new layer to improve and stay better than the Warriors. So I'm going back and forth with it. I mean, but what's your take? I honestly could be persuaded either either way. It kind of reminds me of the the Clay Thompson Kevin Love deal that was on the table allegedly, you know, for Golden State a couple summers ago before Love went to Cleveland, where you know obviously Golden State hadn't won the title yet at that point, but they I think internally they knew what they had. You know, they had come off that season that I think they they won the first round series and ended up losing in the second round, and um, that was the year I believe that San Antonio went on to beat Miami in in 2014, um, and I think you know it was. 
we know what we have here. This is working for us. But we have the potential to maybe get better with Kevin Love. But there's also the, the bigger risk that we get worse. Whereas if we stand pat, we at least know we're going to be really, really good. And that's how I see it. Not, not that the Cavs, again, are considering this at all or this is at all an option. But if it were, I think I would go... I would avoid it if I were Cleveland. Like the the risk, you could get better with Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus Cousins is better than Kevin Love, but there's also the risk that you get considerably worse. You know, I think right now with Love, they figured out how to use him. He's still not playing all that efficiently, but they picked up right where they left off in the playoffs last year. It, this isn't a redux of the start of last season where they're still kind of slumping here and there. Love's having those games where he takes four shots and has six points in 18 minutes. Like. They're playing together as a team. They figured out how to use these big three together, and I think having to go through that whole new process with another superstar who is quite a bit more volatile, I think, than Kevin Love, um, who in the grand scheme of things has handled this whole situation pretty well. Uh, I I just think it's not worth the risk. All right, let's go tit for tat on these next two. The Thunder will make the play. Can't say that on the podcast, man. Tit for tat? No, I'm kidding. All right, what do you got? (laughs) Uh, The Thunder will make the playoffs. Tit for tat. Tit for tat. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that even applies here, but sure. You know, you know, if, tit for tat. I, I think the Thunder do make the playoffs. Um, <laughs> you know, when it comes down for it, I mean, tit for tat. They're six and five right now, and you look, you look at the teams below them. The only team below them that, that I think makes the playoffs is Memphis, um, okay. and they're right behind LA. Which the Lakers being seven wow. and five is its own thing. Uh, that's incredible, and they look really good. There, I still think they're going to plateau at some point. Like I would take. Westbrook and his his gang of, of rejects here over the Lakers so I think I don't think they climb any higher than seven but I, I think they they play well enough to get to what is it going to be 45 wins and that's enough to get seven or eight um ideally they get the one or they get the seven or the eight and match up with Golden State in round one right like that's what that's what needs to happen America wants that to happen, yeah. Right. The world wants that. The Roadwire NBA podcast wants that to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's what should happen. Yeah, I, I would guess that the Lakers right now are this odd team that's not really fitting into the playoff picture the mm-hmm. way we had, had had viewed it before. All right, tit for tat, let's do it. So people actually know what we're talking about when you ask this question now. Um, let's see. Oh, well, here, here's another good one. Playoffs. The Indiana Pacers will not make the playoffs. Do you know what tit for tat means? Yeah, do you know what tit for tat means? Yeah. A tip for a tat. Like, you do one similar thing, I do a similar thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to go elsewhere with the question. I was like, that's not what tip for tat means. All right. I thought you didn't know what tip for tat means. I'm glad we got this sorted out. We need to – why don't we marry and Webster this real quick and then we can figure it out just so everybody knows is on the same page. people say that? Like, you can't use marry and Webster. Like, Google has become a verb. Like, (laughs) let me me just marry and Webster that real quick. All right, will the play will the Pacers make the playoffs? My answer is yes because <laughs> did you search that on the dictionary? I'm doing it right now <laughs> as I speak. Um well, because why? Well, because I think that they've got some guys that have been to the playoffs before, and that's going to bode well for them. Paul George is going to push them over the edge. When I'm looking at this Bucks team, when I'm looking at this Bulls team, obviously you can make the same argument for that Bulls team, but there's some glaring errors here that maybe schedule-wise um, will bear some fruit later on during the year where I think that the Pacers are going to make the playoffs. Coaching change is the biggest thing here for me. Like, if this team had Frank Google, Frank Vogel, uh, Frank Google, I would feel way more confident. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I was actually a Dogpile.com guy. Dude, Dogpile was great. Combines all the search engines. I was a huge Dogpile guy back in elementary school. Wow. I was convinced I was going to win out over Google over time. It That's didn't. what we need to sponsor this podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> do that for free. 
So any, anyways, all this is to say is I'm a little bit jitterish not having Frank Vogel on this team. Can you search jitterish yeah. on Merriam-Webster too? <laughs> uh, I think you knew that as soon as you said it. All this, yeah, but that was coming. No, I'm a, I agree with you too because I feel like they they made the right personnel moves, but they made the worst personnel move, which is letting Vogel go. Like if Vogel's in charge of this team, I feel like they're fine. You know, they're, they're maybe not like – head and shoulders above where they are now because they clearly have some like fit issues with uh with this roster but I don't think anyone's arguing that Frank Vogel's a better coach than Nate McMillan like it seems like McMillan should be in Orlando the way that things have gone for them like this is like a weird reversal um but yeah I I think I would have to say false on my own statement I, I think they do I think they do get in just because you know you look at the standings and I, I'm not sold on you know Milwaukee for one. I'm still not 100 percent in on Chicago, um, you know. But but again, Indiana has not looked good. The defense has been rough. I, I mean, yeah. 108 points per game. Um, but I, I think you know Paul George is too good of a player to to play like he is right now. And I think there's just too much talent on that roster. But I mean, they they have some issues certainly. Merriam-Webster definition of tit for tat, an equivalent given in return, retaliation in kind. Merriam-Webster.com definition of jitterish, the word you have entered isn't in the dictionary. Shocking. Yeah, shocking <laughs> um, indeed. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just run this one back. Do make it, take it. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo will not be an all-star. And this, this is one that I actually believe. So I you're t- wrong, true on your own state on this true. statement. This is a fact. He will, I agree. I, I'm just telling you this. True. Okay. I, I think we put a lot of vested interest in him for, for like the shock and awe value of uh, a seven footer or almost a seven footer playing point guard. And we kind of thought that he was going to average close to a triple double. That's not even close to happening so far this year. He's only averaging 5.3 assists. Granted, for somebody who can legitimately play the power forward position, that's awesome. And then the the way he's distributing the ball, it's awesome. But we put too much interest in a 21-year-old who isn't quite ready to be considered one of the best point guards in the league or the best shooting guards or small forward. I, I mean, I guess we're kind of skipping shoot guard, shooting guard altogether. Um, not quite yet. Not quite yet. But you know what? He's going to be a perennial all-star player in, in, in due time. I think the numbers say he should be an all-star. I think he technically should be an all-star. I just think that there are too many names when you start going through guys who are virtual locks. Um you know, the Bucks right now, six in the East. If they're six in the East come All-Star time, um, I think he's in. Yeah. I, I think I, if they fall out of the playoff race, then he's not. That's what it's going to come down to. Like he's, he's going to have the edge over some guys, but the Cavaliers are going to get three. The Hawks are going to get at least one, maybe two. There's four already. The Raptors are probably going to get two. You know, that's six. The Hornets are probably getting one, seven. Bulls, I think, probably get two if Wade gets the fan vote. That's nine. Um, you know, Drummond, probably 10, you know, Celtics get at least one. That's 11. All of a sudden, like then, then you're choosing between Giannis, Paul George, Brooke Lopez, John Wall, um, you know, Goran Dragic, guys like that. Like it, maybe Embiid gets voted in by the fans. Like, I, I don't know, Porzingis, you know, there's, there's just too many guys. I, 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 I think he'll be right there. It's going to be really, really close. Um, you know, the, the wild card is like, would he possibly get the fan vote? I don't think he possibly, I don't think he could. Right, and I mean, he's not a big enough market. Exactly, but he does have that seven footer kind of, you know, we've never seen this thing appeal, you know, nationally. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to gauge. 
I think he's, you know, I, I mentioned him in my top three in the East so far, and I put him over Isaiah Thomas. I put him over John Wall, or I put him right in the mix with John Wall. But I think it, when it comes to all-star voting, I think he's got the he's got the edge over somebody like a John Wall. I don't know. I, him having too many positions might be his own undoing here. In that, like, well, we're, maybe the series could help. He's eligible at all positions. Like, he could be I, voted in at center. He could be voted in at point guard. I yeah, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. I, I I'm going to say false just because I don't yeah. know that Milwaukee is going to be in playoff contention, and that's the biggest knock mm-hmm. on anybody. That might be you know the reason John Wall doesn't get in this year. Right. Yeah. That's that's the thing. There are guys like Wall. Um, you know if. If the Knicks kind of start sinking, like I, I do wonder about Mello, but I, I still feel like New York's enough of a voter base that you know the, either Mello or Porzingis get in for sure, and probably Mello. I don't Mello know. Started that, the All Star game last year. Yeah, and I don't know that Boston gets somebody in because no? like I, like Celtics were pretty good going into the All Star break, and Isaiah Thomas was playing out of his mind. If the Celtics are just like right there in the seven, eight, nine range, and Isaiah Thomas is even doing just as good as he was last year, it's not enough. The Celtics have to be really good, yeah. and he has to be playing I out mean, of. He might lose, it might come down to Isaiah or Kemba, and right now it's Kemba by a right. pretty good margin, right? And yeah. if it's you know if we get to February or January whenever voting closes, and the Hornets are three games up on the Celtics in the standings, that might be what determines it. I don't think we need to freak out too much because at this time last year we were saying Nick Batum needs to find his way, and we were trying to find a way to get him on the yeah. roster. Everything kind of equals out by the time it comes around. Um, we'll, we'll get around to it when it comes, but it is fun to look at because. Right now, when when you actually put pen to paper, there's not a spot for Giannis, mm. even with the numbers he's putting right. up. Right. Well, the other thing too is like you know I said the Celtics probably get two. Is like Horford missing two weeks is big. I, I mean that's you know that's going to be what seven eight games by the time he's back probably. And you know I think when it comes down to it, the All Star voting starts when you're only what twenty some yeah. games in. Like it's that's a big chunk. Well, here here's my next question to you, or my next next true false statement: Avery Bradley will be an All Star. True or false? False. Okay. False. I, I, he's another one of those guys that if he keeps this up right now, like yeah, he'll be deserving. But like a guy like Giannis would always get in over him. Yes, I think John sure. Wall even would get in over him. Like he's just not quite enough of a name, and he's not having like an insane crazy season where you would have to put him in. Well, the the one caveat to that is like he's NBA All First Team defense, True. or at least he has that going for him. Where like oh wait, he's showing and again, us an offensive the game that pick these reserves, so like they value yeah. that more. That That is true. I mean, I almost do wish it was all fan voting, because in the NBA, I think fans generally do a pretty decent job. Like, there's not this collusion like there was in baseball a few years ago, and like yeah. the entire Royals team was starting, and like, <laughs> like, that wouldn't happen in the NBA, because fans like hate their own players too much. No, that's a, that's a good point, and the NBA is like a, a player-specific league, and generally the NBA mm-hmm. does a good job of promoting their best players, and so it's not like, you know, some small market guy gets totally under valued obviously Kemba Walker and Giannis but it's not like they're top five players in the league and they're getting undervalued like that could happen in the MLB or Mm -hmm. in the NFL or something like that um let's see where are we Ray Allen's jersey this is something I've talked about with you before but I want to you know get it in in writing or whatever in audio Ray Allen's jersey should be retired by at least the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks should think about it and and the Supersonics once they inevitably get a team back in Seattle. Why the Celtics? If you look at his he numbers, he won a title with the Celtics. Yeah, but okay, so let's make the whole 15-man roster. I mean, if you're looking at his numbers, statistically, that was actually one of his worst stops over the course of his career. I right. mean, if, if you look at the Bucks, if you look at the Sonics, I mean, 
I mean, the Boston falls at the bottom of those three in terms of stats. Obviously, it's completely up in the air. But if we're going to start awarding you know, retired numbers just because, you know, he was an integral part on a championship team that I don't know. We're getting to do Ray. You got to do KG uh, and you probably got to do Leon Poe. Yeah. Probably Michael Peters. and Rondo. Like if you're going to do that, no, then Rondo gets in for sure. Yeah. And no, it's it's interesting though because like Ray Allen's going to be like a lock Hall of Famer, whereas like Rondo won't be. So like the part, the fact that he's a Hall of Famer, I almost feel like there's a little bit of an obligation. Like his best statistical years weren't in Boston, but like his best, you know, I mean, he kind of toiled in not anonymity by any means, but. You know, do you remember any great Ray Allen playoff moments with the Sonics? You know, like he's, you remember Ray Allen hitting big shots for the Heat, for the Celtics. I think of it as like, would the Heat or will the Heat, and it's super complicated now with what's happened, but like, would Chris Bosch's jersey have been retired by the Heat? I don't know. Well, you know what? We had this this discussion. I mean, essentially, if you're a Hall of Famer, your number should be retired by the, you yeah. know, the well, best the team Yeah, the thing is, there's not that many Hall of Famers that have, like, bounced around between a ton of teams, like, in yeah, their Dikembe prime. Yeah, Dikembe Mutombo like, is, like, getting his number retired all yeah. over That's the, the place. That's the thing. It's, it's like, Mutombo, he's a little old for our generation, I guess, to, to, like, really remember his prime, but, like, yeah. I feel like Ray Allen's on a bigger pedestal than Deke ever was as, like, a, a, a player. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, I, I don't think he should, I don't think it should be retired. Boston's already retired, like, 55 numbers. Yes. Like, they're literally just running out of numbers which is kind of a problem. Uh, Miami, I don't think. He was too old. Had some big shots, but no. I think it's crazy, but because his career is so segmented, I think he like gets into the Basketball Hall of Fame and doesn't have his number retired right. anywhere. It's odd because there's no like real strong argument one way or the other. You know, like, I think like Milwaukee, he didn't leave Milwaukee all that amicably. I don't think he got along in Milwaukee, but like I could totally see the Bucks retiring his number just to like have some attendance, you know, like retired yeah. on like a Wednesday night against the Hornets. Well, we've we've been over there at BMO Harris, and I've looked at some of the names in the rafter, and I'm kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, Ray Allen would definitely fit in with this particular group of, of yeah. They of don't names. have a ton up there, but right? Like, Michael Red isn't up there, which is just ridiculous yeah michael red has a better shot of getting his number retired as a big gold medalist michael red yeah i don't know it's so segmented that i don't know where you're gonna put him like you could put him in miami just for that one Mm -hmm. shot like in all honesty like can we just like have a picture of him hanging in the raptors making that one shot i was just gonna say that yeah it's like that you've seen that photoshop i'm sure of like the jr smith pipe dms you know like photoshopped onto a banner at msg like that's what we need to start doing is retiring moments not retiring jerseys i like it um all right let's get to these last two DeMar DeRozan will win the scoring title. Nick Whalen. False. Uh, you're, takes, he's you've taken, been very criti- critical of him. I love DeMar DeRozan, but you can't win the scoring title in 2017 shooting 22 two-pointers a game. Like No one has attempted 22 two-pointers per game in 11 years. That's... This team is just fine. They're seven and three. There's no reason to say why this won't continue to happen. I mean, they you just see the shots he's making. He's shooting like sixty percent on like tightly contested jumpers. Like well, I, I bring this up because every 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 time you talk about him, you're saying it's going to come back down to reality. It's going to come back down to reality. What if it doesn't? Like, what if he's the yeah. scoring title shooting this many two pointers? Why? I mean, he was ten for twenty seven last night. Like these type of games are going to start to happen. Even if they do, he's still got the green light to keep doing it. I yeah. mean, it's, they're seven and three. Things are working. They've they've been through this before. It's true. I, I mean, could, what if it, he could do it? And my, the other thing is, like, all he does is score. You know, like he's not exerting right. all that much energy playmaking or rebounding. And he, not that he doesn't you know provide effort in those areas. He's just like he's not doing everything that Russ and Harden are doing. And I think Lillard's still in this conversation. He's averaging thirty three points per game. 
even if it goes down a couple, he still has a chance to be the scoring title yeah. or have the scoring title. We're looking at guy, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis, I guess, if he gets to the, the, the games played total, whatever it is. Um, so something to chew on. I, I know I, I've, I've heard you get a, a lot of, like, rightly so criticism, but what if he continues? That's, that's my only real question to you. What if? What if? Um, yeah, my Clay Thompson's going to win the scoring title prediction is looking pretty good right now. <laughs> uh, all right, last one. Back to the Clippers. Back to Luke Richard and Bob Mute. The L.A. Clippers have a very legitimate chance to get the number one seed in the West. True. There's no explanation, not a lot of explanation needed from me. This Warriors team is figuring things out, and that's actually going to um, show up in their win or loss record. You know, again, it does, this team will not be measured by their regular season record. And, you know, was it even to begin with? No, because they, they proved that they can do it last year, and now they're already better. They don't need to chase that number again. Yes, true, true, true. This Clippers team is really good. They've put themselves in a position, um, you know, as good of a position they're ever going to be in to win a championship, to be the number one team in the West. They're firing on all cylinders. They've played together forever. I would not be surprised as of right now. Now, if you go back and ask me this question in the preseason, I'll say, heck no. But as of right now, sure, why not? I mean, they can. I can't wait until they play the Warriors, that's for sure. Yeah, they need to keep this up. Obviously, the Warriors need to stumble every now and then. But there's still that possibility of, like, you know, we talked about Golden State resting guys. You know, I I do wonder, um, you know, what their mindset is now. I I would imagine they thought they were going to come out of the gate and just, you know, win and win and win and win like last year. And, you know, I think a lot of teams probably think that. And that hasn't been the case, but you know, even the Knights, like they haven't played that well, Golden State. Like, and even the games that they win, they haven't looked all that good. But they're so ridiculously talented that they can survive. You know, Clay Thompson shooting twenty five percent from three, and Draymond struggling as a shooter, and still be probably the second best team in the league. Wednesday, December seventh, Warriors. Mark it down. Head to Staples Center. Cannot wait for that game, yes. and I and I really hope that the because I'm at this I'm at a weird point. I think we've talked about it maybe a little bit where like nobody really likes the Clippers, but now they're kind of like America's underdog story. Where everybody's re- an underdog now. If you're not right. the Warriors, like you kind of have to like them. Yeah, right? so it's kind of funny. They were kind of like the outcast, but they were really tight knit group, which was cool. It was mm-hmm. them against everybody else, and now I think the national rooting interest is going to be more for the Clippers than it is for the Warriors. Come Wednesday. December 7th. Can't wait for it. All right. That'll wrap it up. I'll be back with James tomorrow. You'll be back with Ken on Friday and Shannon. I actually won't be there for the three amigos this week. I got to skip out. Unfortunately, I have a funeral to attend, unfortunately, but Ken and Shannon will hold it down. No doubt. They absolutely will. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.